As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs, TJ Inman. We'll be along with us shortly tonight. We are previewing Indiana's offense heading into spring practice, which begins on March 7th. Uh, we'll look at where we think there are some concerns, uh, some major factors on offense, areas of strength, and goals that IU needs to accomplish. We'll also talk the latest on uh, Indiana tight end Peyton Hendershot as well, and we'll get into all the um, – all the stuff about Indiana football. But first, a word from our friends over at MyBookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because, well, they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay for instance. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So we'll be joined by TJ Inman here uh, right now. TJ, how are you on this rainy, dreary Monday, February evening in Indianapolis? Yeah, doing well. Uh, Certainly, um, we got a little bit of heavy stuff to, to talk about here at the start of the show, but um, I'm doing well and looking forward to the spring practice getting started up. It's always fun to talk about kind of the hope of the new season. Uh, we're in a bit of a interesting position because we're not coming off of a, you know, depressing season. It was a exhilarating season and I, I think it's left us hungry for, for more. Yeah. And it's been a, a really quick off season. It feels, uh, you know, it's, less than eight weeks ago that that IU was playing in the Gator Bowl and the season ended. And then you had signing day just a month after that. And mm-hmm. here we are, February 24th, with spring practice starting on uh, March 7th. But, TJ, let's start with the news about Peyton Hendershot. He was arrested Saturday night on multiple charges. Uh, there's a misdemeanor domestic battery charge. Uh, we have the police, you know, the, the statements from the police report on, on our site. Uh, he was suspended indefinitely by Tom Allen just a few minutes ago, I think around 4.30 this afternoon. Um, it's an ongoing investigation. It's an ongoing legal matter. We'll see where it goes. Um, it, it's a, an incident that, you know, alleges that he put his hands on a, a former girlfriend uh, kind of broke into her apartment through her phone uh, and all that stuff. It, it's a real big mess uh, of the situation, but we'll see as facts come out, we'll, we'll put them out as well. But 
you know, Peyton Hendershot wasn't going to participate in spring practice anyway with his uh, recovery from injury. But this just, you know, so the impact on spring practice doesn't isn't really real. But where where it will impact is, you know, if he does get dismissed or however long the suspension is, uh, it, it might start to impact games in the fall. And he was very very productive last year. He set the school record for single-season receptions and uh, receiving yards for a tight end. He had five touchdowns. He had, you know, I kind of want to call that the bowl game his breakout game because uh, he, he played very, very well. He's probably Indiana's best receiver that game as well. So, But the impact on spring, it, it should give Indiana's youngsters uh, and other tight ends a chance to, to step up in, into this role. And, you know, it it's we'll see where it goes with Peyton Hendershot, but it's a it's an evolving situation. But Indiana has the personnel to to replace him if that if that's what is going to happen. Well, obviously, it it um, increases the importance of the other tight end on the roster. I mean, it's gonna their roles are going to increase if Peyton Hendershot's not there. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how I think if I had to single out one player that I think this could drastically change the role that he has in the coming season I think that person could be Gary Cooper um, I think Matt Bjorson kind of is what we've seen um, that's not to say he can't develop more but uh, I think the physical tools of Matt Bjorson are, are not going to match Peyton Hendershot um, while a different, uh, different build than Peyton Hendershot, a different size, uh, I do think that from a skill set of stretching the field, from the tight end position, uh, some, I think Gary Cooper uh, could be a person that, that we see his role increase somewhat drastically. Yeah, Gary Cooper, you have uh, TJ Ivey as well. Uh, and AJ Barner is coming in as a as a freshman. He won't be with yeah. uh, with IU yeah. in in the spring. And then you know Matt Bjorson play had, had a couple big catches in that bowl game as well, and a big touchdown at Nebraska. He he's got good hands. Obviously not as athletic yeah. as you said uh, TJ as as Peyton Hendershot, but they have very capable tight ends uh, in there as well. Mm-hmm. And, We'll we'll see. They could also go to the grad transfer market and see if they need to plug and play, um, play there. So we'll see. So let's get into uh, our spring practice. Enough of the the bad news. It is, you know, spring training and hope spring's eternal, and all that stuff uh, for for all you baseball fans out there. Uh, what are and we'll go. We'll give two things each, TJ. But we'll go back and forth. Uh, you know, four different times. What is one of the things you're you're going to watch in spring practice this year? Well, I think the the first thing that I'm going to look for is, uh, and I'll skip over the quarterbacks because that that is an obvious one. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to watch for is kind of the development of this offense to see that in spring practice, but. Uh, you can get an idea for, you know, where guys are playing, who's playing where, uh, who's playing with who, uh, who's the ones, who's the twos at this point. Uh, 
Um, and I, I did, there's a couple of holes, you know, we're looking at what Dylan Powell does, if he's able to participate, where he's going to be slated, uh, Michael Kadich, uh, Harry Kreider, guys that, um, that I'm interested to see where they slot in, where Darren Hiller and this offensive staff sees them uh, as being put. And then uh, equally as important, perhaps, is going to be uh, who is lining up as the primary backups at these positions because that is a major unknown heading into this season. And it is for most programs. I mean, you, you typically don't have experienced guys as your backups. And if you do, it's because you had a ton of injuries along that line. So Indiana's not isolated in this situation, but it's important to develop uh, and get a trust in kind of your uh, at least your three primary backups along the offensive line uh, that, you know, if you've got something happen during a game, you can turn to them, put them in, and feel good that the offense isn't going to fall apart. Yeah, that's, that's a good one there. Uh, TJ, I'm going to go with with health, team health, as, um, as my number one thing that I'm watching for. You know, last season you had Michael Penix uh, – he was limited in the spring, coming off a knee injury. He only played in parts of seven games last year. And then you have Jack Tuttle, who missed half the spring, you know, the back half of spring practice last year with Mono. Uh, Stevie Scott's coming back from injury. Uh, Samson James, you know, missed a few games. You saw Matt Bedford miss a few games. Can these young guys stay healthy through all of spring practice uh, where they could get the reps they need to develop? And I think that's important. Uh, especially in the quarterback room where these guys need as many reps as they could possibly get, uh, especially since uh, Penix did not get the benefit of the bowl practices mm-hmm. uh, either that, that Tuttle did. Uh, and you'd like to see some of these wide receivers, these young wide receivers stay healthy as well and, and have maybe have an actual spring game this year where it's not, you know, one quarterback being, you know, all-time quarterback like, like uh, back in grade school on on the playground or in the parking lot, things like that. So uh, team health is, and then on the defensive side of the ball, there there's some guys out as well. We'll talk more about that when we talk on our defensive preview. But there are some young young players, especially along the defensive line, that you'd like to stay healthy and get those reps. And instead of playing catch up, start to build up you know, in the weight room, their technique and all those things that get used to the new defensive line coach. Uh, it seems to be Kevin Peoples, uh, and that, that should be announced here shortly, seeing that spring practice starts March 7th. Uh, and then in the secondary as well, you you want all these young guys to stay healthy so that they can uh, they can develop more instead of just working on rehabbing an injury they could work on technique and and all those things to to get better skilled um than just rehabbing injuries what is your second concern tj uh you're absolutely right about the quarterbacks needing to stay healthy i mean we have to have uh pinnix inject through a full spring with no complications um and and really get integrated into this new offense under Nick Sheridan. We don't expect much to change from that uh, perspective. Uh, however, it's really important for those guys to get a lot of reps with this receiving core, which brings me to my second point, who steps up at wide receiver. Uh, there's, there's a lot of talent at this position group, 
but you do have some guys that uh, there's there's some holes to fill. I mean, Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale played a lot of snaps for Indiana and were productive for the Hoosiers. Uh, there are guys behind them that saw some snaps uh, and then some other guys that just didn't see anything, but we know they have talent. Uh, a, a big group of players from Miles Marshall to Jordan Jakes, Jacoby Hewitt, uh, a lot of guys. I don't consider David, Ellen in, David Ellis in that group because we, we saw him uh, quite a bit. Ty Freifogel, obviously, we saw him quite a bit. We know what we have in Wap Fillier. But after that three, uh, you're really looking at who's going to step up and snag that playing time that is there. Uh, a lot of receivers are going to play, but you're going to have your primary guys uh, who's going to step up and take it? Um, the talent's there. The ability's there for these guys. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of performing and, and earning the trust of the quarterbacks and of the coaching staff to be able to get out there and produce when the games start. Um, if, if you were picking one guy amongst that group uh, that you're either most excited to watch or uh, that you think is going to end up being kind of the, the standout of that group that jumps up and grabs the playing time, which one would you take? Probably take Jacoby Hewitt, um, mm. just because he's he's been around the program uh, a little bit. He's, he's gone through spring practice. Yeah, he's coming off a, a knee injury, which made him miss the the season. But he's gotten in reps with Penix and Tuttle. He he was like one of those candidates that you were thinking he would have a breakout year last year, kind of like Ty Fry Fogel. Yeah. Um, Miles Marshall played in spurts too, uh, but this is the time, TJ, as you said, for guys. You know, the f- new freshman Rayshon Williams is not on campus yet, and your seniors are gone. Right. So it's now time for these guys who've been waiting in the wings a little bit uh, and biding their time. This is their time to shine and, and prove to the coaching staff uh, that they're ready to go. But I, I'm going to go Jacoby Hewitt. I think he has he has just the experience factor over. Uh, guys like Jordan Jakes, uh, although a six-five receiver is, mm-hmm. he was. I was tempted to take him as well, just based on body type and athleticism and things like that. But the experience factor to me, and and running this offense, uh, even though it's under Sheridan, it's it's going to be very similar to what they ran last year and things like that. But man, if they could get Jacoby Hewitt and and if they could get Jordan Jakes going at six-five gives you a real big target that IU really didn't have last year that can can do a lot of things. Yeah, they had Donovan Hale, but Donovan Hale was could go up and grab it, but he also he wasn't running away from people uh and things like that. So uh, one of those two receivers would be my candidates for for a breakout uh breakout candidate at, at that position, especially with Peyton Hendershot potentially on the shelf and definitely uh, having another yeah. six, five guy out there, I would definitely help. Um, my That's true. Yeah. I mean, in terms second, of, uh, in terms of red zone target, six, five is, uh, that's what you're looking for, for a red zone target or for, uh, you know, you can envision kind of those quick out routes where you're going, uh, you know, you've got a third and five and you're, you're sending Jordan Jake's, um, you know, seven yards, pick the foot in the ground, turn to the outside, just post up uh, and fire it to him. Um, you know, you can you can kind of see how that would be uh, very beneficial to have in the offense. So I, I think those are two good uh, suggestions. What's your second one? 
My second uh, thing that I'm watching for is how how the team is going to adjust to uh, a new a lot of new coaches on the staff. You have uh, Nick Sheridan, who's yeah. been there, but he's taking over as offensive coordinator. Uh, Casey Teagarden moves to special teams. That's an area that really, really needs improvement uh, if Indiana is going to continue to win games. And I, I've been going through stats on, on special teams. TJ, I don't know if I sent you the the charts I've been doing, but it, it's so clear that when IU plays well on special teams, it it not only does it help it help you win those matchup games and blow out those lesser opponents, it keeps you in the game against uh, where, where I use a heavy underdog. And, and in games where they lost that that battle, uh, Indiana either lost those matchup games. You think of Maryland in 2017, uh, and yeah. and Virginia in Virginia in 20, uh, 2017 as well where, you know, special teams cost them a game, and special teams actually won them a game, too. Uh, and then think about Penn State, where special teams is awful, and, and Indiana had no shot uh, at that game after f- falling behind 28 nothing. So emphasizing that area, seeing what, what Coach Teagarden can bring to the table there. Indiana hasn't returned a kickoff or a touchdown since 2012. It's, um, it's going to be a it's, – it's been a while. And, uh, you know, it doesn't see 2012 and Tevin Coleman doesn't seem that far away uh, in the past. But, man, it's been it's been that long uh, since he took that one back to the house against Northwestern. But we'll see what what they what they do on special teams. And then, you know, defensive line as well. Coach Hagan goes to Texas. He made the most out of the talent that he had. Can Kevin Peoples come in and um and do the same thing. He he has a track record of making uh, making do with what he has. He, he sent a couple guys to the NFL from from Tulane, which is very very impressive. Uh, and then you have uh, you know with, with Kevin Wright at tight ends, how how is he going to adjust uh, to not having his best player this spring? So it, all that chemistry, all those things. How is that going to look? That's my second thing I'm going to watch in the spring. And that's something you can you can kind of watch when you go to practice. You get to see them in individual drills and see the coaches coaching up individual players. Uh, it's a lot easier to judge than than the actual improvements along the lines. Since spring ball, it, you try not to, to go too hard and beat each other up too much. So let's move on to concerns. TJ, what is your biggest concern for the offense heading into spring practice? Well, I think the one that jumps off at the page just right now, which was not a concern a couple days ago, uh, having a difference maker at tight end. Um, You know, if Peyton Hendershot, and we say this is if, if Peyton Hendershot is not with the team, um, that's a huge adjustment for Indiana to make. He was a potential all big 10 tight end this season, this coming season and uh, not having him while you do have quality uh, along that position group, not having that one go-to difference maker at that, uh, that spot's a major concern. However, if I'm picking one, it is going to be the depth of the offensive line, uh, finding who your starters are going to be and then developing uh developing that starting five and then developing, you know, your top two to three 
depth pieces that you can feel really good about. Uh, I think that the ability and the potential is there. I think that IU has good size. Uh, however, there's just so much inexperience there that you, you do wonder uh, if they'll be able to, to come together as a unit that can uh, really just help propel an offense that otherwise does not really have very many holds uh, on the surface. Obviously, if there's injuries at running back, that's a concern. If there's injuries, you know, to somebody like a Watt Fillier, uh, we've seen what that does to the offense. And then, of course, if if Michael Penix goes down with an injury, you're you're stuck with the inexperienced but you know very talented quarterback in Jack Tuttle. And then if Tuttle's out and Penix are out, then all bets are off. But uh, just along the front, it, it looks like an offense that has basically. Uh, no weaknesses if that offensive line can hold up and end up being uh, at worst an average group and hopefully more than that. So that's, that's my biggest concern is can the offensive line uh, come together and gel as a unit with some new pieces uh, that can perform at a high level to, to help this Indiana offense, which has all the pieces in place elsewhere, click the way that it needs to. Yeah. And, and you stole my, my, uh, my concern was, I figured you'd go with the offensive line. So I, I was going to go with running back depth. It's, uh, you know, with losing Ivory winners mm-hmm. last year, Cole Guest uh, in season, and then Ronnie Walker, while the running back room still has a lot of talent with Stevie Scott, Samson James, Tim Baldwin coming in, and you have uh, Rod Lloyd and, and some other walk-ons behind him. And I know your guy, Charlie Spiegel, uh, who you think is a dark horse, um, that's right. It's, you're taking you took a, a four star out of the mix in, in Ronnie Walker, even though he hadn't performed uh, as well as as many people thought he would. Uh, you're just taking another scholarship player out of the mix at a position where guys go down a lot, and and you saw it last year against Purdue, where you know Stevie Scott got hurt before the week before, Samson James on a wet field. Uh, his ankle gets, uh, you know, crunched up a little bit. And, you know, it's just a position that you take a lot of hits at and that you can't have enough. It's almost like starting pitching in baseball. Can't have enough of it. Uh, you can't have enough mm-hmm. running backs um, in college football these days. I think the days of um, guys running 40 times consistently all season are over. Uh, and I think they've been over for a while. And so that's my concern is, you know, you've got to keep these guys healthy. And it goes hand-in-hand hand with the offensive line, too. The run game was something that they struggled at last year. And they they really – it wasn't what it was at the end of 2018, uh, you know, where Stevie Scott really came into his own. Uh, but, you know, the, the run game has to be better. And, and the depth that the running back is – is one of my major concerns going in. But maybe they find somebody in spring practice. Maybe uh, Charlie Spiegel shows that, hey, he could play at, at this level and and be one of those, um, you know, one of those backs that could give you, you know, three to five carries a game and, and get you, you know, 10, 15 yards a game and finish the season with a couple hundred yards. And that would be awesome for a walk-on freshman. Uh, so let's – change gears, go to areas of strength. TJ, what is your biggest area of strength for this for this offense? I I think the biggest area of strength is the the skill position talent that Indiana has. Um, I think that Wapfillier, David Ellis, 
Ty Freifogel. Uh, I was going to include Peyton Hittershot in this, but um, we'll we'll pass on that for the moment. Uh, Samson James, Stevie Scott, and then the quarterback. I think that that is from a talent standpoint. Uh, I think it stacks up there with all but the elite of the Big Ten. Uh, it does not stack up with Ohio State. It probably doesn't stack up with Penn State. Um, I know the Nittany Lions are going to have some rebuilding to do at the skill positions, but uh, they'll be putting in you know five-star guys. Uh, and it, it probably doesn't stack up with what Michigan has, but um, – I would take any in a skill position guys against just about anybody else in the big 10 outside of that top level of the group. Uh, so I think that's the strength of the offense, the level of talent that Indiana has amassed at those, uh, the top of those skill position groups. Yeah. Depth. I think depth on offense is, is their strength. You, you go back to the, the attrition that they've had uh, this off season. You lose a four-star running back at Ronnie Walker. You lose Peyton Ramsey, who was – I mean, he played at an all-Big Ten level last year uh, as well. You lose you lose him. Uh, you're potentially – you lose Coy Cronk off the offensive line. Uh, you you lose Hunter Littlejohn and Simon Stepniak to graduation. Uh, you lose Ivory Winters, who was a three-star back. Uh, Colt Guest, uh, who was – his injury luck really took him out of things, uh, yeah. but he yeah. had potential. Uh, you lose your, you know, two big receivers and Donovan Hale and Nick Westbrook. And you go, man, what is Indiana going to do on offense last next year? But you go, Hey, Michael Penix is back. Jack Tuttle's back. You have Stevie Scott, Samson James, who's a former four-star recruit. You, you have uh, Tim Baldwin coming in. Dexter Williams is, is coming in at quarterback as well. You've got receivers like Jordan Jakes, Jacoby Hewitt, Miles Marshall waiting in the wings. Uh, and tight ends, your tight ends, TJ Ivey really didn't play much last year. Gary Cooper is a guy we've been excited about to see. Uh, and Matt Bjorson as well. Those those losses would have been fatal to pass India past Indiana teams, you'd say, well, this could have won six games, but now they're going to win two or three. And people are still saying, well, Matthew Bedford's back. You know, Coy Cronk might have not started a tackle because Bedford and, and Caleb Jones played really well last year. You bring in D- Dylan Powell, who could play any of the three interior line positions. You have Harry Kreider, who could bounce around as well. Uh, Michael Kadick and Mackenzie Nora. And, you know, this team – Look, it, 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 we'll see what they do on the field, but the expectations really haven't changed. It, it's you're still expected expecting this team to go to a bowl game, win six six or more games, win your matchup games at home, uh, and sweep the non conference. So you're looking at you could potentially win eight games again, uh, maybe even more. So the depth that Tom Allen has built in and this coaching staff is built on offense it has taken a, a a team that has had what would have been 10 years ago catastrophic losses, and it has turned them into, okay, well, it's now we trust the next guy to come up and, and make plays. So it's it's um, that's an area of strength that they've been trying to build for the last, 
you know, since Kevin Wilson has come up, and, and they've done a good job of uh, of doing that. So that's my area of strength. TJ, let's move on to what is one goal that Indiana needs to accomplish on offense coming out of spring practice to make you feel feel good going into the summer? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the one goal, you know, needs to address the area of concern. Uh, the area of concern was the offensive line. And I should point out, uh, I feel really good about the tackles. Uh, I feel really good about Matt Bedford. I feel really good about Caleb Jones. The interior, I like the the bodies we have there. It's just a matter of finding, you know, that combination that's going to be the best fit. So, and then the depth of it. So, I, I, I want – the biggest goal for me is for IU's coaching staff to feel good, uh, really good about their top eight offensive linemen coming out of the spring. I think offensively, uh, for me, the goal is to it goes back to stay healthy. It's get out of yeah. get out of spring practice healthy with everybody um, as close to 100% as you could be. Uh, that you've come in, there are going to be injuries and bang ups and things like that, and you know, maybe some of the, the veterans, you could rest a little bit, but uh, no catastrophic injuries. Keep Penix healthy, keep Tuttle healthy, keep the running backs healthy, and keep Caleb Jones and, and uh, Matt, keep your offensive linemen healthy. Otherwise, it's if you could get out of spring healthy, you're looking good with the full, you know, with the full team as, as full as it can be. Uh, heading into summer workouts and, and things like that, which should should help. I mean, it, it will help. It will help expectations as well. But, you know, getting all these guys' rep, repetitions together is only going to make this team better. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, getting everybody reps, getting young players reps, uh, getting the veterans, you know, that uh, – and even I use veterans, I mean – guys like Matt Bedford and Caleb Jones, you can consider veterans at this point, uh, but they're still young. I mean, they, they are still young. They're still relatively inexperienced uh, and have a lot of, a lot of learning to do and a lot of growth in their game, which is tremendous for IU's future. Um, but, you know, getting those guys experience playing together as a unit, getting Penix experience with, uh, you know, front-end receivers like Wap Billier and Jack Tuttle getting him experience with uh, with all the wideouts together as a group. I mean, it's all uh, – those reps are important. That's, you know, putting in the work now is what's going to pay dividends for you uh, in the fall when you get into competitive contests. Uh, and that's how you make those difference-making plays to turn those close losses into close wins and continue building this program. Yeah, and uh, you you wrapped it up nicely, TJ. It's just continuing to build. And spring practices, it, it's there's really no reward other than the spring game um, that's tangible mm-hmm. for fans and things like that. Uh, but these practices with your seniors out the door and your most of your freshmen not in the door yet. Uh, this is this is where. Um, that growth of the football team and growth of the depth is going to come into play. And, and this is how you, you help build a program. If spring practice was, didn't mean anything, they, they wouldn't hold it. It's not spring practice is not bringing in, unless you're at Ohio state or LSU or Alabama, 
spring practice is not bringing in a ton of revenue uh, for for TV and and all that stuff. Now it keeps keeps our content fresh, but it, it's if if the team wasn't getting anything out of it, they wouldn't hold it. So this is right. this is the behind the scenes kind of the behind the scenes work that helped you build the depth uh, of your team. Kind of like bowl practices help too. It's a second now you get 15 more practices uh, to get ready. So Indiana will kick off their spring game on April 17th. TJ, any final thoughts? on the offense before we sign off for the week. This is a good group with a whole lot to be excited about. It's, um, you know, as far as becoming an offensive coordinator, if I had to, uh, you know, become an offensive coordinator full-time for the first time, uh, this is not a bad group to to start that journey with. Uh, Nick Sheridan has inherited a, a really potentially a very good offense with a lot of pieces in place. Uh, they just need to, um, you know, come together, work hard, push the right buttons, um, and make sure that those pieces gel together uh, so that they can – I mean, the potential's there for this to be a, a better offense than what IU saw a year ago. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. There's, there's potential to do that. However, uh, you know, there's also potential to take a little step back uh, and a little step back would be the difference between winning, say, you know, five or six games versus those eight or pushing nine wins. So um, it's an important time for the, the offense to come together and gel, find those answers to the, the few concerns that they do have and uh, push forward to becoming better in 2020 than they were in 2019. Yeah, for me, it's the offense. Can they continue the success they had last year? Uh, with, mm-hmm. under Kalen DeBoer, is Nick Sheridan ready to take the reins over? And I, I think he seems like he is. He's an even-keeled guy. Um, he's been around the block a couple of times. He's, you know, called plays before, uh, and people got to kind of separate him from Mike DeBoer. Now they were all together at Tennessee, but Tennessee fans loved Nick Sheridan. Uh, the talk down there with them about Nick Sheridan was that they were very impressed with him. Uh, so we'll we'll see what he does, and you know the offense. The next step is you know those slight improvements in the red zone, kicking you know scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals, and things like that, and uh, becoming becoming more efficient. And we'll, they did a great job last year. And, and you're right, TJ. That's the difference between five or six wins, seven and eight wins. Uh, you don't think they they go into Purdue and and win if they didn't have a good offense. They don't go to Nebraska and win. Right. Uh, if, if they if they didn't have a good offense as well, same with the Maryland game. Uh, all those games that were within a score to uh, that offense really really um, needs to you know at least stay at the same level as it was last year, if not be you know just a tick better. And with Michael Penix being healthy, if he could stay healthy, you, you just hope uh, you could see a. a and this is all with due respect to, to Peyton Ramsey, uh, but you can see a much more explosive offense, much more downfield offense uh, that they had than under Peyton Ramsey uh, with Penix, and, and maybe the Jack Tuttle if Penix can't, if he has durability issues. But he's up 218 pounds, which should help, you know, absorb some of those hits. He he was playing at 203 last year. So we'll we'll see, and and apparently it's good weight. It's not like uh, if you or I, TJ, put on 
uh, you know, 15 or 18 pounds of the off season and, and went out and played football. Now I, I would have a little bit more cushioning, but it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be healthy <laughs> cushioning. So uh, anyway, TJ, thanks for joining us on, uh, on tonight's podcast. Enjoy the, the rest of your week. And uh, we'll, we'll talk uh, next Monday. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thanks everybody for listening and have a good week. All right. That does it for tonight's podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, today. As always, come back to HoosierHuddle.com for all of your latest uh, Indiana football news. We'll have all the latest on Peyton Hendershot. All our position previews are coming out this week. They'll be out before IU hits the field on March 7th for spring practice. We'll have a defensive and special teams preview uh, next week. And, uh, we hope that everybody has a uh, a great end of February. Enjoy the time. Spring is almost here. Warm weather will be right behind it, uh, hopefully. And uh, we'll we'll we're excited to talk spring ball. So follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, on our website HoosierHuddle.com, and check out our Facebook page. Search Hoosier Huddle. It's up there as well. For TJ Inman, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Thanks for joining us tonight. And Keep coming back to Hoosier Huddle. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.